the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. Inlinks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Welcome to the Staff Graph Podcast. I'm Mike Stevens. This is Rachel Dory, the future first female GM in NHL history. Rachel, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Honestly, it was like a really good mental health week for me. Um, had some. That's good. Yeah, like I've I've finally come to the realization that like everything happens for a reason, and I'm in such a better spot now. I mean, you know this like better than like most people, but like it was a it was a rough patchy time there for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's. I'm very, very glad to uh, to hear that. Very glad to hear that that you're you're doing good, doing better, Rachel. How That's are great. you, buddy? I'm good. You know, like I, uh, it's all about self care, right? You know, like uh, recording this on Saturday morning. I, you know, I was uh, was feeling a bit rough on Friday, and then um, and then I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna treat myself to to a movie. You know, just like have a little fun, and I, you know, ended up watching John Wick Chapter Four for the second time, and it just you know, brighten my day. So that's that's just lovely. Okay, so I haven't seen any of the John Wicks. Like, are they good? What kind of movies are they? Are they good? They're incredible. They're the best action movies ever, in my opinion. Like, John Wick Chapter 4 is the best action movie I've ever seen, hands down. It's The first one is about him getting revenge on someone for killing his dog. Oh, absolutely. We'll you be know? watching that. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. We don't like people who kill dogs at all, ever. Um, yeah. Are, is it better so than, like, the Batman and the Avengers? Uh, ooh, not better than the Batman, but they're, they're all different. But they, these ones, like, this one is just, it's like a, it's like, it's like, um, the greatest, like, fights I've ever seen, for sure. Like, the choreography, the stunt stuff, the, it's, it's incredible. So I would, I would highly recommend, um, another thing I would highly recommend people to do is give Jason Robertson, uh, his flowers, if you will. And why would you recommend um, that? I would recommend that because uh, Jason Robertson is unbelievable. Um, he has well, he he passed the uh, uh, or he beat Mike Bonanno um, in the record for most uh, most points in a single season by a Dallas Stars player. Um, he did it, you know, at the ripe old age of twenty three. Uh, he's got 95 points this season in 75 games, and uh, Jason Robertson has just been playing unbelievable, unbelievable hockey this entire time, this entire season. But basically, ever since he stepped into the NHL, um, and he is, uh, yeah, it's 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 unbelievable. He's got 42 points, 53, uh, 53, or sorry, 42 goals, 53 points, uh, 53 assists, 95 points. There we go. Um, He's averaging almost 19 minutes in in average ice time. His possession numbers are off the off the chain, off the hizzy, if you will. The hizzy. Um, the hizzy. He's he's just uh, he's just an incredible hockey player. And as much as as incredible as he is, we it's like we don't even hear enough about him. Yeah. You know, it's like we don't hear enough. It's it's kind of wild because like I'm seeing a lot of stuff um, about Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who's also having an insane season. He's probably going to hit 100 points, but like. He's not the main star on that team, so he gets those secondary matchups. Whereas, like, Jason Robertson is the guy for Dallas. And I think that 
I mean, as Jason Robertson goes, the Dallas Stars kind of go, per se. Like, obviously, Jake Ottinger is, is a huge part, but I totally agree with you. Like, we in Canada, like, we're having this entire discussion about, like, awards and the best player. Like, I saw a list on Twitter yesterday, and it was like, Austin Matthews isn't a top 20 NHL player. And then they proceeded to list, like, 20 players, and Jason Robertson wasn't even on that list. And I'm like, first of all, anyone who says Austin Matthews isn't a top 20 NHL player is, like, a big dummy. He's top five. But, like, Jason yeah. Robertson is probably a top 10 player in the NHL right now. At least, like, by stats and by, like, value to his team. Like, where is Dallas without Jason Robertson right now? Oh, they're nowhere. Look, they, Dallas has had a bunch of really good seasons this year. I mean, Rupe Hintz has just only continued his progression. Jamie Benn is having an absolute renaissance. Like, I don't know what the heck's going on there. He went from, like, Jamie Jamie Benn was, is nuts. And I, I picked him up in fantasy thinking I was only going to gonna have him for like you know a couple games just as like for a good matchup and he went from being like a four what was it like 49 or 42 points or something last year that he had to 32 goals and 72 points in 75 games he's back you know Rupe Hintz is obviously you know over a point per game Joe Pavelski is still close to a point per game Heiskanen in my opinion is arguably the most underrated player uh, uh in the league oh, but totally. like yeah, like I, I think legitimately, like he's he's unbelievable, and no one talks about the guy's averaging almost twenty six minutes of ice time a night, and he has sixty five points as a defenseman. He's putting up great numbers. But Jason Robertson, like, yeah, they've had a bunch of good seasons, but you take Jason Robertson out, like he is, you know, and, and this is the term that's used in, I guess, like sort of radio uh, buzzwords and stuff all the time. But he is the straw that that stirs the drink. There, you know, I think is it he is the guy. Is it something? Is it something in Dallas? Because we just like. We've talked about how Jason Robertson isn't getting his flowers. And then you brought up, rightfully so, Miro Haskinen is probably the most underrated player in the league. Are we just not paying, like, and by we, I mean everyone, specifically, like, hockey media. No, you and I, Spe- specifically, specifically, you're talking us. about. Um, yeah. Like, are we just not paying enough attention to Dallas? Because now we uh, like, yeah. I mean, we've talked about the resurgence of a couple of players, but now you're talking about, like, a guy who's going to hit 100 points, and then you've got Miro Haskinen. Like, are people just sleeping on Dallas generally? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like, this is... Look, I, I've, I'll, I'll admit that I slept on Dallas even to start the year. I remember after they signed... After they, like, begrudgingly, too, which was funny, signed uh, Ottinger and... Uh, and Jason Robertson, they're two most important players. <laughs> yeah. They had to be like, they had to be like strong armed into signing them. Um, I wrote a column at the start of the year. I remember being like, you know, this is a like this is they have like they're a very sort of like top heavy team. Like they have they have good pillars at each sort of position group. Like they have Ottinger and Net. They have Miro Heiskanen and uh, uh, like to anchor the blue line. And they have Jason Robertson and and uh, Rupe Hints to sort of flesh it out up top. But other than that, they have a lot of these like weird veteran dudes. You know, like sort of middle to bottom six guys. They're overpaid. You know, they're overpaid two leaders in Sagan and 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 uh, and Jamie Ben. And yet, like in Sagan, you know, obviously has not like he's still fine. Like you know, forty four points in sixty nine games. He's almost at twenty goals. That's fine. But it's not like the you know nine point five million they're paying him. Um, but then like they came out and they've just found a way to be just really, I don't know, just really good. Like they 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 they're coached really well it seems they you know they they have some really really good players and they've done that even with like their main their sort of mainline addition which is Mason Marchman he's had an off year 
Like, you know, he's only got 12 goals. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, we talk about that, like, Brock Besser is also kind of in this category. Um, Mason Marchment lo- suddenly lost his father at the draft. I mean, I was there. Yes. Like, we were all in shock. And like, the, re- like, the yeah. scientific research shows that there is a, a 40% dip in performance on average for somebody who goes through a tragedy, so the loss of a parent, the loss of a child, like, that kind of thing. And if you look at Brock Besser, like, yes, he's putting up points, but, like, he's not scoring goals at the same rate. Mason Marchment, the same. And so I would say, like, maybe next year um, we'll expect a bounce back from Mason Marchment. But, like, I'm really glad, I will say, like, I'm really glad he's not being dumped on because, like, to go through the loss of a parent is extremely tragic. I think... I think people are have been I think people are are aware enough to know what's going on with him. Yeah. I think, which is why like I which is it's surprising, but I think that's the case, which is good. But and I just and I just brought that up just to show how, you know, like the fact that they're still a really good team despite, you know, like Mason Marchman was their biggest free agent yeah. signing over the offseason. And, you know, he's he's just in a vacuum, not putting up the the numbers that you would expect, and yet they've still managed to succeed here. And but then I, I, another thing that we don't that we that we weren't expecting at least this early um, is is the emergence of Wyatt Johnson or Johnston. Yeah, sorry. he's like twenty one goals from a nineteen year old. You know, thirty six points. Like this is a guy. He's he's logging like sixteen minutes a night. He's a big part of that team. Remember when and, Peter DeBoer said he was going to kidnap him so that Jim Neal couldn't send him back to Windsor. <laughs> I want to hear that from more coaches, man. Like that is that would be smart. Like you know, that's he. The fact that we were, it's funny because we were even talking at the early at the start of the year. Like, man, they might even loan him to the World Juniors. Like, who knows? And yet here he is, like a legitimate top. You know, he's a middle, like an important middle six part of a team that's could potentially make some noise in the. Uh, he's you know, one of it, the it, best third line centers in the league right now. As a nineteen year old playing for nineteen year old for too. Pete DeBoer, yeah. and like I know this is not like the most public knowledge thing but like Pete DeBoer expects a ton out of his centers like you have to be defensively responsible you have to be in the right spots your work ethic like you've got to finish your checks you have to be that supporting player he puts a ton of pressure on his centers and if you look at it like Rupa Hintz is in that same mold and so for Wyatt Johnson to not only be um kind of succeeding but thriving um, I think it's a mm-hmm. testament to him, and it, yeah, like totally agree with you. He, I mean, rookie of the year. I you're gonna talk obviously. Um, Owen pa- like Beniers, Maddie Beniers, Owen Power. Um, yeah, but Matthias Michelli as well in Arizona. Yeah, he's making a big case for um, it. Yeah, that like, I mean, Logan Thompson had a legit case for it until he got hurt. Until he got injured. Um, yeah, but and then like Wyatt Johnston's gotta fit in there. He has to. Yeah, no, he's he's got he's got to at least be in the conversation, you know. But I look at this Dallas roster, right, and I know this has morphed into somewhat of a a conversation, a, a bigger conversation with Dallas opposed to Jason Robertson, and you know that I seem I feel like that happens all the time when we talk about Robertson. That's why we talked about it in the first place. But like I look at their their players that are like twenty six and years old and down, right? Like I look at that sort of like their their young established like guys who are either right in their prime or merging into their prime, and they got Robertson, they got Hints. Uh, uh, they got Miro Heiskinen, who's still only 23. They got Wyatt Johnson, Ty Delandria, uh, Niels Lundqvist. Um, if you want to even include Joel Kivirant in there, fine, but, like, go they for it. He was, a, he was Maverick Bork coming. Yes, they got Maverick Bork. They have Logan Stankoven oh. coming, and then they have Jake Ottinger, who's 24. 
you know, th- this is a good young core, uh, one that really surprised and me. And you know what's crazy is how many times have we heard the r- word retool and you think about it, Dallas has... Usually never works. Dallas has retooled absolutely perfectly. And how do you do mm. that? You have to nail some of your later round picks. Jason Robertson, a second round pick. Rupa H- Logan Sankoven, a second round yeah, pick. Yeah, embarrassing that he was there. Um, yeah. Rupa Hintz was a mid-round pick. Uh, Yoel Caviranta was like very late on. The only really high-end pick that they have is Miro Heiskanen, who was three, because Jake Ottinger, if I remember correctly, was like a late teens, early 20s pick. So... Yeah, he was still a first-round pick, though. Right, but you're looking like, at it, which is, and only two players we've named are first-round picks. Like, that's, yeah. that's how you retool, is you have to absolutely nail your draft, and they've done that. Getting Stan Coven and Jason Robertson and Rupa Hins and Joel Kiviranta, like... You gotta hats off to their scouting staff because they clearly know what they're doing. Even like Maverick Bork was was like the se- the third r- last pick of the first round. You know he was thirtieth overall. Like at that point, it's basically you know yeah. You're at that point, you're basically you know shooting fit or, or you know grasping at straws. Like you know like yeah, Stankoven was forty seventh overall. Like they they have all these guys, and you know what surprised me too is, and I'm looking at their at the guys that they have that are signed to these uh signed to ELCs right? right like they're like in all of these guys most of them are not first round picks like most of them they're they're able to sign ELCs uh you know like these guys they pick in the later rounds and they actually show something and believe them like like it's it's funny they, they still have a guy like Thomas Harley coming up they still you yeah. know Artem Grishnikov uh, uh you know guys like that like they they have this is an exciting team. I, I you know, I was Minnesota's going to be able to do that too. Just quickly, as we kind of like wrap up on yes. Dallas, Minnesota's yeah. like I actually looked. So since Judd Brackett's taken over their draft, they have signed nineteen, or like on track to sign nineteen of their twenty players, and the twentieth player they traded for assets. Like genuinely, yeah. to have a if you're hitting fifty percent, you're in the top end of the league. is absolutely ridiculous. Like, kudos to Dallas for drafting and being able to do this, and Minnesota's going to be able to do it too. You look at Minnesota, like, obviously Matt Boldy still, but Marco Rossi, Jesper Volstead, Liam Ogren, Danila Yurov, Murat Husnadinov, Ryan O'Rourke. Like, there's a bunch of guys that are coming that are going to be absolutely fantastic, and so I think... Dallas is kind of the blueprint, and now Minnesota's going in that those same footsteps. It'll be interesting to see if teams like Washington can do the same thing, because that's what they're trying to do. But, man, like, hats off to Dallas. And, obviously, Jason Robertson, absolutely. who is the conductor of that train. Yeah, absolutely. He that That's, yeah. Like, he couldn't say it better myself. All right. The new NHLPA head, uh, Marty Walsh, um, you know, left the Biden administration to come to the NHL. Um, and, uh, he had his first presser, met with the media and, uh, it's very interesting. Like he's, this is a guy who, you know, he's been famously pro union. Um, you know, extremely pro union. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and and basically where I'm at now with the NHLPA is that at least, hopefully at least this guy does something, you know, because the bar is pretty low guys. The bar is pretty low. Yeah. Like Donald fear. We know like, like, like the PA doesn't do anything. All they do is they like they just friggin' 
sat there and then they would get really upset about very minute things and then like you know there'd be atrocities happening and they wouldn't do anything about it and so marty wallace seems like he's a man of action um and uh and in a couple things he laid out there are two you know i would say two really important things he laid out a is that it is his thoughts on escrow um the other one is is his vocal support of minorities and specifically trans people which is extremely important considering you know everything that's happening in nhl rachel why don't you take us through his thoughts on escrow first yeah so um I was originally skeptical of the Marty Walsh kind of um, appointment because he had a relationship with Jeremy Jacobs, but all of the research and talking to a couple of um, key kind of players at the PA, um, some people within hockey, like they all have really, really good things to say about it. And so when he came out for his first presser and was asked pretty much point blank about escrow, he took a very different tact than I think we're used to. And I thought that that was really refreshing. So he basically said um, he would like the cap to go up, but he's not budging on escrow. And for him to say, I'm not budging on it, we're not talking about a guy who has a track record of being a PA guy. We're talking about a guy who has a track record of being in the White House and being in government where... When you're negotiating, it's important that you stand your ground on important issues or you're going to get pushed around. And so for him to Mm -hmm. kind of come out with that background and say, we're not budging on escrow, like if I'm a player, I love that because that shows me that this guy is here for me. He's not here to have a great relationship with Gary Bettman and the owners. He's here to do stuff for the players. And so escrow, I mean... The thing a lot of people don't realize is like, let's say you have a $10 million contract for a nice round number, right? You are taxed on that $10 million contract. So you're taxed, like if you're in Toronto, that's probably 52%. So now you're at 4.8 million, but you have to pay escrow on your $10 million contract. So if you're paying 15% of $10 million, that's $1.5 million. And that is like, you don't get to take 1.5 and then you're taxed at $8.5 million. You're still being taxed at 10 and a half. So now you're getting closer to probably like 3.8 million. And so for Marty Walsh to say, I'm not budging on escrow, players are going to get to keep more of that money. And that's really important to them because like, yeah, okay. They're still making probably like three and a half or $4 million. But I mean, if you have a $10 million contract, like that's a lot that you're not making. And so for him to be making the effort that shows I'm going to try and keep players money in their pockets. Like, I think that was really positive for me. Yeah. That's basically, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I, I'm glad that this person, cause it just seemed like before Gary Bevan was able to just really kind of, for lack of a better term, swing his dick around in the, uh, in the negotiation at the negotiation table. Basically. Exactly. And I'm glad now that Marty Walsh is there and he'll actually be able to go in there, roll up his sleeves and get some, at least as of now, it seems, get some stuff I mean, done, if you can, which is nice. As somebody put it to me, if you can manage to work with Republicans, you yes. can work with pretty much anybody right now. Well, you know, I mean, you're basically, you're, you are working with Republicans if you're working with the NHL. So this, this is like, true. But like, if you can manage to like yeah. not slap Marjorie Taylor Greene across the face when you have to see her on a daily basis, like you can deal with Gary Bettman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can. Exactly. <laughs> and and uh, the, the other yeah. part of it is um, 
the the one that you brought up the vocal support of minorities and specifically calling out trans people so obviously and like if you look at the replies to my tweet thread yesterday like i had people earnestly asking me why trans people are under attack and i'm like have are you living under a rock like what are you talking about and so for marty walsh who is the head of the pa to come out and not only say it but have a track record of doing it is super important, right? He talked about how minorities are underrepresented and how it's important that with these nights that we're supportive and we're inclusive and all of those things. And when he was asked about players who want to sit out, like the expression on his face, you could tell, like he's like, Mm -hmm. he's not really about that kind of thing. And that tells me that he is a very staunch supporter of inclusivity and wow, is that going to be nice to have? It'll be interesting to see the impact that that has on the players as a whole because I have a feeling that if somebody comes to him and is like, um, this team is making me uncomfortable because I have to go to uh, whatever like charity event, he's going to be like, yeah, too bad. Like, this is good for the league kind of thing. Like, I think he could actually help move the league in a direction that is positive because maybe his vocal support will allow players that are supportive of it to be more vocal in their support. And I think that would be really positive. Yeah. I mean, the exact quote here, um, you know, he was at, like, he was asked about, uh, uh, about the pride Jersey nights and the, in the boycotts and whatnot. And he goes, you know, I think it's really important that as a league and in locker rooms that we're inclusive and we probably have works, some work to do there too. Um, another thing too, is that he, he said, uh, I think it's, you know, he was asked about the jersey boycotts. He continued, he goes, I think it's important that, uh, I think it's people's individual rights if they want to wear a jersey. It's a warm-up jersey before the game skate. I don't think the LGBTQ plus community should feel that the NHL players are turning their back on that community. The majority of the players have won the jersey, uh, have, have worn the jersey. A super majority of the players have worn the jersey. And, you know, that is important to point yes, out. Yes, absolutely. Um, like 99% of players yeah. in the league are wearing the jersey. But I think more like the message here is that, like, we have a guy who's the head of the PA that preaches inclusivity. And we just straight up haven't had that with any serious level of um, backing. Like, you can say all the niceties and and whatever, but for this guy to have a legitimate track record of inclusive policy in government and things like that, like, I think that's really important. And I'm hoping that on that ilk, um, and the people I've talked to believe the same thing, we're not going to have another Kyle Beach situation under this guy because he just uh, just doesn't tolerate that kind of behavior. Yeah. So I, I do think that having Marty Walsh there is going to be um, really good for the players because not only is he going to be an ally for them in terms of like their bank accounts, but I think he's going to be an ally um, because there the likelihood that there is a queer player in the NHL is pretty high. And so imagine yeah. how that player would feel thinking that they have an ally in Marty Walsh. Like, I think that generally speaking, this is very positive. Or at least just like, how would they feel, you know, knowing that the, the head of their union, the person who's supposed to look out for them, you know, actually like value, like considers them a person, you know, like that, like thinks that they're, that they're, Valuable. you know, they're. Like, but thinks that their existence matters, you know, because yeah. that's what we're talking about here. Like, it's it's you know when when you denigrate gay people or when you denigrate you know people in the LGBTQ plus community, like you're basically saying that you know like your existence doesn't matter. You're less than me, or you're less than quote unquote normal people. As you, as, oh, I hate you know, that term. Exactly, and so 
what's what's good is at least you know now we have at least and again we're only taking this from from his introductory press conference the work you know, is like what he, yeah like i'm going on his body of work when he was in the government yes. and he's earned his track record and so like it'll be interesting like you said it'll be interesting to see what he does kind of as the pa director yeah if you're a if you're you know an nhl player who you know who who is in that community um, who identifies as as uh, you any know, part a, of the queer community and any any part of the queer community and I think it's I think you'll be a lot more comfortable at least being your true self as you should be um, knowing that uh, uh, no at least knowing that like the head of your union the person whose job it is to protect you um, values you as a human being yeah I think that's very important um, I want to tell you something speaking of that before we yeah. talk about this um we're gonna end the show by having Mike pick NHL players to be the Avengers. So like, stay tuned for that because it went over really well when we did the Batman. So we're gonna make Mike do yeah. it routinely now. Um, and I just wanted to let you guys know that that was that's coming at the end of the show. Um, yeah. So Mike, carry on. On that note. Uh, yeah. On well, on that note, like we we just wanted to, to point out because there's been so much negativity and and all that. And and, and the thing is, like, I you know. I, I, I helped put together a massive list of, you know, basically detailing what every team has done for their pride nights this year. That's up on the hockeynews.com. It took literally forever to do because it's surprising that most teams, it's this information is not readily available. Like I had to really dig for a lot of this and it was, you basically have to email the PR person to figure it out. Yeah. And that was very annoying. Um, and so, uh, we wanted to just highlight some positive, you know, pride night stuff that has happened and starting with Vancouver who had theirs, uh, I believe it was yesterday, right? Uh, yeah, um, it was Friday. It was Friday. And their jerseys looked incredible. Um, they had like a, a drag show uh, before the game. Um, they they really they really went above and beyond. They had and like the full only... blown like signs made. There was a party in like the yes the square. It's it's essentially like um, there's like an area around the building, um, and it's because it's like under a viaduct slash bridge. Like there's you could do a bunch of stuff. And so they have that whole area with, like, activations. And it wasn't just, like, the drag show. There was, like, educational people there. There was a sign. You could take a picture with Pride Night. There was a bunch of Pride merch. And, like, yes, the jerseys are obviously not really affordable. But I know somebody who was at the game. And the T-shirts and the hats and the stickers and the keychains and the sweaters and the shirts. And, like, there was a whole wall, apparently, of Pride Night merch. And all of it was, like, reasonably priced so that people could could purchase it and apparently like a lot of it was sold out which is awesome yeah and that's all going to you know the you can play foundation and local vancouver charities and i mean the jerseys looked incredible they had you can play on the back which i think was was um it was pointed out i think by thomas Strance or something that maybe that might implore some people who you know m- might be in the in the 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 stall brothers camp of like you know oh my religion or whatever like at least like having you can play on the back means that it, you know, it's, it's more of a unity type thing um, where it's like, you're supporting anyone, uh, the, the notion that anyone can play. So at least the, the dummies who want to hide behind religion, they might be able to mental gymnastics into <laughs> yeah. supporting them. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like I but think that was really Canucks, nice. Like, listen, obviously I have my issues with the Canucks, but like they, what is <laughs> a shock. They deserve a ton of credit as an organization for putting on the night that they did. They made people feel included. There were a lot of queer Vancouver Canucks fans who, whether it was like 
online or went to the game in person who said that they felt included, that they felt the organization did a really good job, and realistically, those are the people who matter. So kudos to the entire Canucks organization for putting that on. I think it's super important, and we need to have like more of that. Yeah, San Jose did a great thing as well. Uh, their jerseys were amazing. Uh, they had a ton of they they had a ton of like every uh, dasher board in the place was um, pride themed like for all the advertisements. They tweeted out um, a bunch you know, of had, pride facts instead of tweeting out like, yes. oh, this person had a scoring chance. And they did, and they handled the James Reimer scenario as best as as I think anyone could. Like they they handled the 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 you know they're a player just they base what they did what 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 Philadelphia should have done. Um, and then, like, what Philadelphia should have done with Ivan Provorov, and they really did open the Pandora's box with this. It really is as simple as Ivan Provorov publicly protested this, um, did not receive any, like, did not receive any discipline or any consequences for it. And everyone went, all right, well, I can, I can, you know, be a piece of garbage too. Um, but they, they basically allowed him to make a statement. They held him out of the game and they sort of left him to make a fool of himself. And he did. Yeah. Like it's, it's gross. Um, Buffalo is selling pride stickers year round. I think that's super cool. Yeah. And they're great. Oh too. my God. Yeah. Like I, my friend works for the Sabres and I was like, I need you to grab me one of those. Like I'm not even a Sabres fan, but absolutely hundred percent would love it in the same way that like, I would take like any pride merch. Like I think that like, even though I'm not part of the community, I think it's extremely important to normalize people who aren't part of the community wearing it so that people who see it go, oh, like, that, obviously, like, I would be safe with that person. Like, that, you're inclusive. And the other thing I wanted to point out is not just on, like, a team basis, but Matthew Kachuk, Kyle Oposo, Scott Lawton, Quinn Hughes, Elias Pettersson, McDavid, Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, yeah. Brian Burke, like... There were a lot of players, There, put it this way, there were far more players that spoke out strongly positive, Logan Couture, um, for the community than the four or five that didn't wear the jersey or spoke negatively about it. And I think that's really important, right? You listen to what Matthew Kachuk had to say. Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson, like Quinn Hughes... And Ethan Bear was like, I, it kind of confuses me why somebody wouldn't want to be inclusive. Like, he was like, I straight up don't understand these people. Um, and so to, to have a lot of players come out, like, Mike, you probably, in going through and, like, searching for your write-up, came across players. But, like, to me, having players come out and be very strong about it was, like, really heartwarming to see because we haven't always seen that. And I think it's really important. Like, think about how many fans will feel welcome because of what these players say. Or, like, McDavid saying that. Like, I think that's super important, is it not? It's extremely important. And it goes back to what it, what Marty Walsh said, where um, the, the super majority, 99% of the NHL, support, like, you know, is, it takes place or it takes part in, in Pride Nights, wears the jerseys, supports it, at least, like, you know, in a front-facing uh, manner. And it's important to, to remember that because – you know the reason why these 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 protests or the, these boycotts um, get the attention they do is because they're unique. You know they're they're the they're the exception to the rule, um, and so I think it's important that you know yes, this is a terrible situation that's going on. It's also important to highlight that 
you know, at least we are getting 99% of, you know, the best hockey players, you know, the heroes to a lot of these people, um, you know, are, are speaking out. And and I think we're also doing a very good job, at least the fans, not the NHL, but the fans of condemning the people who don't. And 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 it's important to celebrate positive Pride Nights because, you know what, like, I also wanted as to much as... shout out um, the Seattle Thunderbirds fans. Seattle has Luke Prokop on their team and decided yeah. they didn't want to do a Pride Night. I'm pretty sure it's Seattle. And the fans were like, well, F you, we are organizing our own Pride Night. And they did. And I feel like that's awesome. Like, more. I do not understand why, first of all, the Seattle Thunderbirds, like, like I don't understand why, like, like a team in Seattle. Um, of all places, yeah. Yeah, would, would, would not do a Pride Night. But yeah, that just goes to show, like, that's, that's what a community is like, right? Like, that is when uh, the fan base of a, of, of a team has a like has a connection with the players right. and i mean like they, they they came out and they supported one of their own you know even when the the organization itself wouldn't they did that and, and i think that's it's absolutely phenomenal and the last guy um, i wanted to and, shout out um because i thought this was super important given the climate in the u.s right now um there was a trans individual i can't i don't remember if it was a trans woman or a trans man who had a sign at the minnesota wild pride night that said um toss me a puck if you believe in trans rights and john merrill saw the sign skated across Mm -hmm. the ice and threw a puck over to this person and i was like that is a very obvious ally like he skated, interrupted his warm-up, and skated over there to ensure that this person felt welcome at the game. And I think that's the kind of stuff that we need to highlight because it's extremely important that everybody feels welcome, regardless of color or um, who you're attracted to or how you identify or, like, even your religion. As long as you're not hiding behind it, you're welcome. If you're going to hide behind your religion, then you can leave because I don't have any time for that. Yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's extremely important. All right. Let's go to Avengers, Rachel. Um, man, okay. So you want me to lit? You want me to pick? Basically, this is so embarrassing for me. So like, I was gonna ask Mike who the Flash would be, only to realize that the Flash is no. not an Avenger. But I think the Flash is very obvious. It's it's like McDavid because. <laughs> okay, you know what? It's actually not obvious because the Flash is only good at one thing, and it's running fast. So it's so about it's we need to. It, it's a. It would be Casper <laughs> Kapanen. Literally, that would be it's like yeah, happening. because like the, the like su- McDavid is is Superman because he does everything. Like he Superman is super fast, he's super strong. He, you know, he's got you know he's got friggin' breath that can turn stuff into ice. Like he's yeah, he's laser eyes. I'm sure McDavid has laser eyes. He like probably it's, does. You know, yeah. So that but we're doing Avengers today, and we're only doing the the original um, the core six, I guess. Right. So we got Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, Black Widow. Uh, and Hawkeye. Um, I wanted Mike to do so, Spider-Man, but I was also informed that Spider-Man didn't come until much later. So in case you're wondering, that is how much I know about superheroes. Yeah. So Spider-Man's actually not, he, he didn't start out as an Avenger. It, it, you know, like in the comic books, it takes a while for Spider-Man to eventually become an Avenger. Um, mainly because he's young. So maybe we'll and do a he doesn't Spider-Man like to... one like next weekend. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll do a Spider-Man one or we'll do, we'll do a Justice League one. We'll do all that. It'll be great. But Starting off with Captain America now, it would be easy to say Matthews um, because, you know, like it, because Matthews is American, obviously he's, you know, he's probably, he's the best American born player in the game right now. 
Um, he's probably going to be the best American-born player ever. Yeah, but I'm trying to think. So, so Captain America is... He's my favorite. I, I think... He's so hot. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, obviously. I think I think uh, I think Matthews is too cool to be Captain America though, because Captain America, there's something about him. That he's like a he's like a white bread sort of like uh, Boy Scout, you know. Like that's that's basically what he does. Like he's he's so he's Jack he's, Eichel, who is no. Are you kidding me? I was say, no. The only reason like Jack Eichel is because like I saw so like I saw the Captain America movie and like he go when he goes in that tank and like gets all this superhuman strength I just compare that to like when Jack Eichel got like this like crazy ADR surgery and all of a sudden he's like back to being Jack Eichel I don't know that was my thought process there but obviously I am wrong Yes uh, um, yes you are um, <laughs> This is why Mike's doing it not me I'm trying to think like who's like sort of a boy scout who's really good American born looking through um who is a Boy Scout? Like, you know what? There might be a there might be a case for Dylan Larkin. Oh, I can see what that. About, like, I can see. Bl- what about like Blake Wheeler? Nah, because you also know a leader, right? So like a big leader. Yes, Dylan he's Larkin. no, he's the ultimate leader. Yeah. He is the ultimate leader. Like literally, it's it's a shame. If it, it's funny because if Nathan McKinnon was American, oh. he would be Captain America, like without a doubt. Like Captain America is the kind of person who who would see you eat sugar and be like, absolutely not. You know, like. <laughs> Yeah, like it, it, you know. But but he's um, he's Canadian. That's but, the thing. Okay, so but, I I might have to go. But can we like? What if we just pick the player that best fits? Like, so. Well, yeah, it would be Matthews then. Would it or would it be McKinnon? Because like. Oh, if we can pick the player, then yeah, it would definitely be Nathan McKinnon. Like Nathan McKinnon is like as straight down the line. You know, like he's you know he's he's a he's a great leader. You know, an absolute monster on the ice. You know, but like. Yeah, he, it would definitely if if he was American, he would be the slam dunk choice. So, so it's I would Lark Kinnan. Yeah, it would be so if we if we have to, if we have to go by nationality, then it would be Dylan Larkin. He's got the same sort of like piercing blue eyes and you know sort of like all American look, and he's still very good and he's a great leader and all that. Um, but if if we if we don't if nationality doesn't matter, and we can just go by vibes. It's hundred percent Nathan McKinnon. So we'll we'll meet um, in the middle and we'll say it's Lark Kinnan. Iron Man is, de- is is Matthews, in my opinion. Okay, why? Because he's like his hockey his hockey IQ is off the charts. Um, he's he's kind of he's got sort of he's got the facial hair to match. Um, he's kind of like smarmy, kind of cocky, um, and he can go toe to toe with uh, with anyone. Like he can go to toe with Captain America. He can go to toe to toe with the Hulk. He can go toe to toe with like he you know he's he's able to sort of think and and maneuver his way out of situations really well i think uh i think austin matthews should be should be iron man let's um, make a rule so i'm gonna like track all of this we can't reuse players so like McDavid yes. is batman yeah. like we can't reuse players yeah. okay so matthews is iron man okay yeah. so now we go to thor um extremely big extremely strong brady kachuk no no who is the like who is like the physical like like who's massive but really good? Like the physical. I was like, gonna say Tyler Myers, but <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm trying to think. Like who is like who is just the who is the <sighs> Thor of the NHL? Um, ooh, this is is it? No, it's not Jake McCabe because he's like not. <laughs> no, but he's strong. <laughs> I was thinking about strong. So like, um, oh, this is like really tough. I feel like this should be easier than it is, though. Like, it's... Ah, oh, man. Is it Mackenzie Weger? 
No. No? Come on. No, it is the Thor of the NHL. I might go with... This is so tough, because usually, like, the big tough guys are not the really good guys. You feel me? Like, Luke Shen Mm -hmm. could be Thor, but he's not, like, in that echelon of... No, oh, 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 it's Tage Thompson. It's Tage oh, Thompson. Oh, my God, yeah. Okay, you nailed it. Yeah, it's of Tage course. Thompson. Yeah, I can't believe we took that long to... That's yeah, it's, it's absolutely Tage Thompson. That's um, embarrassing. Now we go to the Hulk. Now, for the Hulk, I, I would have said Chara if he was still in the league. So it's technically Chara, but we'll... This guy, okay, we can do, like... the like And, and the Hulk is Jacob Truba. Yeah, oh, yes. Jake, all he does is smash. <laughs> Literally. 100%. Right there. Literally all he does. Truba He's smash. big and... and Yes, 100%. So, yeah. So, the Hulk is Jacob Truba. Hawkeye, and this is not disrespect, what is Hawkeye? but it's just. Hawkeye is an, like an archer. Like, he's, you know, and all that. Like, so, I'd say because of his. No, it's just. He's, he's, he's like the most skilled archer in the world. So, basically. the most precise shooter. Yeah, so that's David Pastor. Oh, I was going to say that's Ovechkin. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. But I don't want to. I don't want to disrespect Alex Ovechkin by making him. Because, like, because the thing about Hawkeye is, like, yeah, he's part of the Avengers, but everyone kind of knows he's, like, a step below. Like, oh, he doesn't have the superpowers. Okay, then, yeah, like, no, it is very much not Ovechkin. So it's it's David Pasternak. Alex Ovechkin, I think I'll I'll maybe save for, like, I'm uh, yeah, I'll save for, for a different list, I okay. think. Like, because there's got to be a more important person that we that we list him as. But, yeah, so David Pasternak is Hawkeye. Um, and for Scarlet Witch, or not Scarlet Witch, um, for Black Widow, I, I will go Hillary Knight. Um, because we did Sarah Nurse for Catwoman last. Oh, I thought you last were week. going like Poulan. <sighs> or is Poulan That's Captain Marvel? Yeah, Poulan's Captain Marvel. Okay, so, yeah. so we got we got Hil- Hillary Knight is is, is um is Black Widow because she's just absolutely unbelievable. She's able to hang with with people um like she she's com- comparable somehow she's able to hang with people who you know are are like have superpowers and stuff basically it seems and. uh and I think she could kick anyone's ass. She 100% yes, could. She does. I have zero yeah. doubt. Okay. So, yeah. So, that's our Avengers lineup. So, we got uh, we got Nathan McKinnon as Captain America. We got Austin Matthews as uh, Wait, Tony... Wait, I thought we were going Dylan Larkin. Oh, yeah. Okay. We got Dylan Larkin as Captain America. We got Austin Matthews as Iron Man. Uh, we got Tage Thompson as Thor. Jacob Truba as the Hulk. <laughs> uh, David Pasternak as Hawkeye. And uh, Hillary Knight as Black Widow. I love it. I think that's good. I'm gonna have yeah. to go Photoshop this now. Yeah, get Connor to uh, to do it. It'll be great. Anyway, on that note, Rachel, we've reached the end of the podcast. I have to finish uh, a column that is taking me far too long to uh, to do. But um, yeah, so if, if you want to listen to this episode or any of the past episodes of any hockey news podcast, go to thehockeynews.com/podcast. Um, we will be back next week. Rachel, anything you want to leave uh, the listeners with? Let us know what other, like, characters, movies, TV shows you want Mike to pick hockey players for. I feel like this is kind of fun. Yeah, it's it's really flexing my, my intellectual muscle here, so that's good. Um, yeah, and on that note, have a great weekend, everybody. Um, we will see you next week. <laughs>